This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are happy to have you along with us, and we hope you are safe out there. We had a tornado scare. Yeah, we were still under a warning. No, watch. 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 We were the warning, and it did all around us. (laughs) Yeah. You hear some kaboom, and we go silent, the power went off, and we got killed. (laughs) But I'm sure we'll be just fine and we're happy to have you along with us for a wonderful wine week anyway this is the safe room there's no windows <laughs> yeah we are we are recording in the safe room but, but like i said we want to thank you for being with us on a wonderful wine week and dad what is our theme for this week italian white wines and why are we doing italian wines dad dad uh dad doesn't know but I am going to Italy, and I don't normally <laughs> drink white wines, but that must be the reason. Well, the reason, yeah, the reason we're doing Italian wines is because well, you're going that. to Italy. <laughs> but I'm usually a red wine guy, but uh, I think these are going to be really, really good. Oh, yeah. I love. tasted mine, and you probably tasted yours already. I love Italian wine, and it's hard to find. It's hard to, when you find good ones, it's hard to, hard to not drink Italian wine all the time. Well, this. This was the only Suave that I found. Hmm. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm doing Suave, Tudinto, St. Marie, and it's fabulous. It's a DOC. They make a DOCG, but I, like I said, I couldn't find that. And for my side, I've got Laughing Cow Cheese. I've got a Lean Cuisine Chicken Fettuccine. And I have a lemon meringue pie. Should be should be pretty good. And then on my side, I so yours is actually a northern Italian wine. Yes. And mine is the exact opposite. My wine actually comes from Sicily, producer called Luna Gaia, and this is a Catarato. And we'll kind of get into what all that means here in just a minute. And then my pairings, you know, I I kind of got cut short because of the weather. I have a lemon garlic squid ink pasta and then i have cannoli no and squid with black ink is something i just crave when i go to italy i ate it probably four or five times probably three times maybe two or three times in venice alone (laughs) (laughs) then i kind of got in the run and better better eat some other stuff and it's like okay lasagna oh man that's good (laughs) yeah i mean it's hard to hard to find bad food when you're in Italy. But before we jump into this wonderful Catarato and what it means and all that jazz, let's talk about last week. Or not last week, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. It um, was a gin week, and I blinded you on a clear liquor, and uh, you nosed it, and you didn't right off the bat say, I smell juniper. But you worked, worked, and worked, and worked, and what did you end up saying it was? I called it a gin. I thought it was a gin. You asked me to be more specific, and I said, I can't. <laughs> it's just a gin. Well, the reason I was trying to rope him into calling it as more specific was I talked about the gin party that Joanne had with her friends, and I mentioned how that most of the friends really liked the whale, and... That's what it was. This okay. was the whale gin. So I'm 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 gonna say that I was correct. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, you you know I kept I was afraid if I pushed you down that road you were gonna go one of the twelve 
You said there were 12 in the house? Yeah, you pick I think one of so. the 12, one of the 12 other, or nine others, 10 others, whatever, because we did two of them. Okay. Anyway, that's what it was, the Whale Gin. It's a very distinctive bottle. It's a light blue, and it's very distinctive from it. It comes from California, and it has seaweed in it. So, check it out. You're craving something different. Yeah, it's a it's a and it's a bright blue bottle for in the Gen Isle that's hard to miss. All right, all right. So let's go ahead and jump into the wine. So all right. as a reminder, cheers. cheers. Uh, as a reminder, my wine is from Luna Gaia. It's actually from the island of Sicily, and the grape variety here is called Catarato, and that's actually the grape variety, and it is an indigenous grape to italy so it's not nothing else it it's just that's kind of where it came from it came from italy and it's a beautiful white wine i mean dad just didn't even drink the wine it just jumped straight into squid ink pasta (laughs) well yes i did i took a drink you can't put once you clink and cheer you can't put it down so i took a drink (laughs) but yes i'm i'm Doing some squid. Yeah. I mean I knew I knew when I saw the squid ink pasta in the in the store that uh that was probably gonna be my dish and that was gonna be freaking out. Where'd you say you got it? At Fresh Market they okay. sold it. Mm-hmm. As dry. Mm-hmm. So Lunagaya is a southern Italian producer. Not excuse me, not a southern Italian, a Sicilian producer. That's a big difference there. Mm-hmm. And it came out of a partnership between kind of a co-op and like kind of two co-ops, you know, both doing organic and biodynamic farming. And they came together to make the Luna Gaia label. And they, as, you know, kind of moving in and they really wanted to focus on the cultural heritage of Sicily. So they focus, they focus all of their their wines on. Um, they're almost all native Italian grapes. There's a few that have been that are not native to Italy, but they're all ones that are found on Sicily. And this is an IGT wine. Mm-hmm. So, Indicazione Geografica Protetica. So this is whoa. Say what? So basically, indication of geographic protection. So we are below the DOC level here. Oh, okay. So we're not in Denazie Controle or Origin Controle here. So we're just kind of in, I guess, not quite table one area, but we're outside the DOC here. And it comes from Sicily. Some of these com- could, grapes could be grown on Mount Edna, but the Appalachian is just Sicily. Okay. They practice biodynamic farming, and they are actually certified biodynamic, which we've talked about in previous episodes. And they, you can kind of taste I think you can taste it in the wine. Like, it's really, really minerally... Really, really kind of like tropical, almost tropical fruity. And just bright, bright with a lot of flavors. Do you get lemon? 
Because mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm getting lemon. And especially because I tasted that squid. It's, it's not a, the squid ink pasta. There's no squid in it. Okay, squid ink pasta. Sorry. Yeah, right. But there's squid no, would be a no great squid. pairing, by the way. Yeah. But there's lemon in that dish. And so the lemon that's in that dish and the lemon that's in this wine, they just pair up so perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, best on plate. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's so hard when I when I do Italian wines and and pairings. You know, it's so hard for me because I want to do like I know Ita- Italy is so regional. Mm-hmm. You know, Italy as a country, as a unified country, is younger than the United States. The Kingdom of Italy was not until like 1790. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So they have always been these groups of municipalities, basically. And it's kind of really cool. And what it does is it shows this ability of their culture to be so homogeneous mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. one little area. So, you know, Sicily is an island. So when I was thinking about the pairings here, that's kind of where this led into the squid ink pasta there they are also known for their citrus mm-hmm. on sicily sicilian oranges and lemons so the lemon goes with the squid ink pasta here you know if you wanted to add other seafood you definitely could to the dish but i think the dish kind of stands up on its own oh yeah by itself now i think if in contrary to what you're saying i agree totally with what you said but if you wanted to put some, like, shrimp on this pasta, or if you actually had some squid, um, it would be fantastic. Not that this is not good, because it really is. And I just, you know, I just salivate when I see that somebody has some black ink pasta. Mm. And there's places that used to do the black ink pasta that don't do it anymore, because it's hard to get that black ink. Right. And I, this is the first time I've ever seen it dried. Okay. Most of the time, they usually add it into the sauce. Exactly. Which, exactly. like you said, makes it really hard to get the the squid ink. But that, that squid ink adds that briny salinity and that brightness of the lemon. Really goes well with the wine. What are you tasting in the wine itself? Well, I told you I tasted the lemon. And then you said tropical fruits. And I have to agree with that. I don't know if it's, you know, what tropical fruit it might be. Um, you know, like kiwi or mango or something like that. I think I'm tasting some of this in this in this wine. Some of that in this wine. Reminds and, me of passion fruit. Well that it that could be too. You know, those are those are fruit tastes that we don't taste in Arkansas. Right. And so when you go to the tropics you know, whether you're whatever hemisphere you're in or just the tropical zone, um, you can get those and they're much better than what we can get in our stores. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they know how to use them. That's the thing. You know, I'll go get something and I'll chop it up and yum, it's good. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to I don't know how to cook with it. Now, I guess you could take a class or, you, you know, research on the Internet and get a much better idea. Yeah. Now, you said salinity in the pasta. Mm -hmm. I don't think I get any salinity in the wine. Oh, definitely not. 
Yeah. No, the the salinity is brought to the wine from from the pasta, and mm-hmm. to me enhances it because I like with white wines. I like really coastal white wines where I get a lot of salinity. You know, mm-hmm. I was talking with somebody and they're asking, you know, kind of what are some of the best things I've drank recently, and one of them was an Albarino. You go one day. <laughs> really hard because I've I've had a lot recently, and a lot of different styles of wine and and varieties. And, you know, one thing that I was, that I talked about was an Albarino uh, from Rio Spicia in Spain, okay. which is the northwestern corner of Spain above Portugal. It's a little Rio Spicia area. So right over there by the coast and you get this lovely salinity in the wine and that kind of what I'm getting there with that, that squid ink, that marine taste of the sea quality. Mm-hmm. And then that, like, so the garlic isn't like hot. Oh, in this dish, Mm-mm. but no. it's it's very. There's a lot of garlic. In it's there. there, but it what it does is it's almost like that sweet. It's almost sweet garlic, like that kind of roasted, not really roasted, but like because it's cooked in wine and butter before the lemon juice is added to the uh, to the sauce. Oh, and it just okay. kind of gives it a bright lifting feeling and it kind of brings some it kind of matches some like earthiness or not earthiness like herby mm-hmm. herbaceousness that's in the wine well and the mouthfeel of this wine you know when we talk about mouthfeel i think of a big cab or or a big pinot this of course can't match that but this grape has some good mouthfeel to it i'm not sure if He's kind of looking at me weird over here, Mm-mm. but no, I'm not. It, it's uh, it it's something that I don't think about with white wine. So that's coming because the this wine is aged on lees, yeah, for four months in tank, yeah. So you know, Pinot or Pinot Grigio, they don't age it on lees, right? Most white wines they don't age on, right on the lees. So and, the, it, that makes this so much different. Right, gives it a depth, it gives it a roundness. Now, for those of you who may have forgotten, lees are the dead yeast. So when you make wine, you have yeast because that's your that's what converts your sugars to alcohol. And then when the when the yeast dies, and you know from the fermentation process, you can filter it out right away, or you can leave the wine on that lees mm-hmm. and it gives it a depth especially in white wines it just gives it kind of a depth and roundness mm-hmm. and almost like a toasty mm-hmm. sometimes a toasty quality like in champagne when you get that bread that brioche that's from aging on leaves mm-hmm. now so is it concrete vat steel vat or natural wood vat it doesn't say, okay. but if I had to guess, it's probably stainless steel tanks. That's what I would guess, too. I would guess just because for temperature control. Mm-hmm. But they hand harvest all this. They de-stem before pressing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as being biodynamic, well, not just being biodynamic, but being the, the stewards that they are, they just use indigenous yeast, so spontaneous fermentation here. So there's no extra yeast that's added, just what's in the air and what's on the grape. Oh, really? What being used, yeah. 
So kind of like the Belgian beers mm-hmm. that open open top ferment. Oh yeah, that's kind of what's going that's on. How here. this is done? Yeah, huh? they just press the juice, mm. let it sit there because all you know it will naturally ferment, and that's what they do. This is a great wine. I'm drinking it too fast. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's the thing. You know, a lot of times when we think about wine, especially European wine. And we think about what is going to be a good wine. We're always looking for those specific areas, Mm -hmm. you know, looking for the DOC in Italy, looking for the DOC, looking for the, the name brand recognition. You know, there's a lot of really good wine that's outside those designations Mm -hmm. that are just for in Italy, IGT in France. I think it's Vintavola. Okay. Table, I mean table, basically table wine. It may, it may, they may also call it IGT, but there's all these good wines that that can be found outside it, and you know because of that, you also will find prices. Yeah, to be so a little if bit you cheaper. were snobby and you saw this wine and it didn't say DLC or DLCG, you'd have walked away. Right or Catarato. I mean, if you look to that, you may just be like, I don't know what that is. I'm going to walk away. And so this is a, this is another good point of like lessons in importers. Mm -hmm. So this wine is imported by a company called indigenous, indigenous selections. So they're, they import Italian wine to the United States. So if you look on the back label and you try this wine and you like it, then you can go and look and find, hey, you pick another wine, mm-hmm. and it's imported by Indigenous Selections. Mm-hmm. Give it a try, and even if you don't know, because you might find some good quality, knowing that that importer is bringing in good stuff. You know, it's the whole Kermit Lynch Skernick thing that we've talked about before. Oh, yeah. All right, I've tried the chocolate uh, eclair. No. What is Stop. it? Stop. We are not in France. Okay, what is it? What, what is it? It's not an eclair. It's a cannoli. Cannoli. Oh, man. <laughs> so, the chocolate cannoli, thank you for the lesson, is quite sweet, but then the chocolate that's in there is bitter. Bittersweet. I don't know what the cacao rating is, but then this this wine stands right up to it. Yeah, it does. So, there's enough, I guess there's enough residual sugar. In this wine, do you know? No, it's fermented dry. Okay, then it's dry, so it just complements that sweetness in that cannoli. Yeah, and I think what's helping here is, like you said, the the chocolate chips that are on the outside, all the spices that are going on mm-hmm. inside the filling, as well as the shell of the cannoli. Yeah. You know, cannolis aren't, I mean, they're sweet, but in the world of, desserts they're actually not very sweet that filling is actually cheese mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's mascarpone cheese and you know that gives it a different depth and has some you know bite to it yeah so when we were in florence we were in a hotel and i forget which floor we were maybe third floor and we looked down and there's a cannoli shop <laughs> and i don't know how many times we went there and one of the times that we did go there we were it was late in the later in the evening and we bought two for like our breakfast snack even though breakfast is included and 
the man was working hard doing it. And I said, well, where's your help? And he goes, oh, they all leave at five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, he was the owner. So he kept the business going. These, both these dishes are good. And uh, the wine is excellent. Talk about the bottle. I mean, to find that bottle, you know, in the groceries or in the liquor store, never say grocery store, liquor store, I think you might not have a hard time finding it because it's very unique. Yeah, so it's, so the the label has a lot of more kind of art that is Sicilian. So it's it's got that on it. It's a, It's got light blue on it. The interesting thing about the bottle itself, and so on the bottle, there's a blue string that's tied to it and tied over the top of the cork. And one of the things that that does is, you know, we've talked about how they are able to be really focused in their community. And that's actually something they bring in people from the community to tie those on to each bottle. So it's a really pretty, it's really pretty bottle. I mean, the shape's a little bit different. I don't know anything about that or why it's that way, but it's, it's kind of stands out. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the fatness of the bottle goes much higher than normal or like mine, you know, and then it just quickly curves up to the top, but it still holds just 750. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's just a 750. Well, I'm running out, uh, <laughs> but I still got plenty of the pasta. Yeah. <laughs> we can so where are, where are y'all heading in Italy on this trip? Well, we're going to Rome first. We have been to Rome, and Gene uh, and Becky, who are going to go with us, they had not. And so we're going to stay in the same hotel that we were, Joanne and I were. And it has a hotel, uh, restaurant, rooftop, but it's not a real place to go for a view. And so we're going to stay there. And then we go uh, to the Amalti Coast, a couple different cities. I can't remember the names. And we're hoping to do like uh, a tour, several tours, and one of them is that they've got some hot springs in that area, mm-hmm. and so we're going to do a hot spring. Now, last I heard, we were scheduling one of the hot springs, and they're going to be closed right when we're there. <laughs> but there's several of them, so I don't think we'll have a problem getting another one. Yeah, and then um, stay there like seven days in, in that area, and I think four or five in Rome and then uh, actually we'll come back to Rome and then we'll meet some other little Rockians that are on their first day. Mm. We'll meet them on our last next to last day, the day before we fly out and it's the day that they either arrive or the day after. Okay. And then they have a, a restaurant set up, a restaurant bar on the rooftop. Okay. So, it's going to be nice. We won't be walking as much as we had the first time. Right. You know, driving in Italy is not something I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, pay the money. You're not well, And, you know, if you're not used to driving in a foreign country like that, just pay the money. You can get a good driver. You can set that driver up to come pick you up the next day and go to a tour. 
to do whatever you're going to do. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be a great trip. Different part of, of Italy this time. Yeah. So you, yeah, cause last time you guys went north from Rome and yeah, this time we you to, guys are going south. Yeah. Rome. Let's see. We went from Rome to Florence to Gabiziano where the bread and breakfast is. And then we even went up to Alba. Well, first we came down to Venice, went up to Alba, and then flew out of Venice to come home. So completely different. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be fun. So you guys are staying. You guys are doing the Amalfi Coast in in like Naples, Sorrento, that kind of area. Yes. So you're going to be on the Mediterranean side, not over on the Adriatic. Correct. Very cool. Because one of the wines I almost did was I almost did a Verdicchio wine. That mm. is in the Marche region, which is on the Adriatic. Oh, okay. All right. You about ready to switch over? Yeah, let's go ahead and switch over. Why don't you... I wonder if I could continue to work on this. Yeah, you can keep hitting the squeezing pasta. <laughs> it's fine. When the reason I say that, listeners, is because when I was doing the research of what foods to go with the wine I have, which is Suave, by the way, and that's um, pronounced S-W-A-H-V-A-Y, it's an Italian wine, and it uses the Gargantia grape from the medieval village of Suave in the northern in northern Italy. But when I was doing the research about what foods, boom, the black pasta shows up, mm-hmm. and of course, all kinds of seafoods. And I wanted to do seafood. I just didn't. I kind of ran out of time, and I didn't know where I could get the the uh, black pasta or I would have probably done that but what I do have is I have this laughing cow cheese and I think this cheese will probably go well I'm hoping with this wine and then I have just a pluto <laughs> out of the grocery store in the in the freezer section lean cuisine's chicken fettuccine and then I also I have a lemon meringue pie and I wanted to make that lemon up because I think both these wines are going to have some the lemon. Yeah. So I hadn't even noticed it yet. Have you? No, I haven't. We've been, we've been. You still over there snacking or drinking yours? I mean, I still have some in my glass, but I haven't drank it. I was listening to you. Right on. So I get, I get some orange zest and some melon. Not you know. I don't know if you can get honeydew melon in Italy or not. I guess you could get watermelon, but I get that green honeydew melon. You can smell. get honeydew. Okay. Well, that's what I'm getting. And it's a, like Josh said, it's, it's a dry wine. I don't know the, I don't know the numbers, but it is a DOCG. DOC. Pardon me, a, yes, a DOC, thank you, almost, yeah. 12.5 on your alcohol. Yeah, not, that's not that high. It could have, it probably could have been on you and Jordan's podcast for the for the low alcohol wines. Yep. What was yours? Uh, it's probably, I don't think. 12.5. Yeah, see. So this Suave comes in Suave Classico and a Suave Cala Seglingia. But I think the Classico, the the DLCG is probably their their highest seller, even though I don't know that. 
So the Suave area in the 60s were originally 4,200 4, acres, and today it's like 17,000. Mm. So this this family that owns this, when you click on the website, you get this video that goes, and it's huge acreage. So it's the, here's, you know, I don't speak Italian, so I'm going to, I hate murdering people's names, but it's like Gatano, Betana, Betana, B-E-R-T-A-N-I. And it's the family estate. And they they have been doing this, you know, this this whole area, they've been doing this wine in this area since the sixteenth century. Wow. So it's yeah, it's it's been going on for a long time. And a lot of what they do is is they you know, they pass this down from family member to family member and so you know the meticulous work and respectful work in these vineyards uh they they just pass that down and they and they know they know about it as a family member oh yeah you grow up grow up in the cellar yeah grow up in the in the vineyards and part of what they do is you know a special pruning technique called the yabat Gavet, okay. Govet, G G U V O T, and it's a special pruning method. And actually, the vines get much stronger, but they're lower yield. Mm. And so, stronger, stronger vines and lower yield. They're very happy with that. This wine is just like yours. It was a nice golden light gold yellow color and i'm gonna take a little sip and you tell me what have you tried any food yet i have not tried any food i've just kind of been sipping on the wine now they are different yes very much so this one is more like tree fruit tree fruit driven Mm -hmm. and so it's just yeah it's really tree fruit driven it's you know, light, a little bit of minerality on it. Well, I, I think neither one of these probably have any real sugar. No, they're both fermented dry. Yes, but I think yours had a perceived sweetness that I got mm-hmm. more than I get with this one. Yeah, I can see that. This one is very, it's more minerally driven. It's more kind of like earthy and herbaceous than the other one. So talk me through these pairings. Why? I know you, you kind of talked about the fettuccine, but why the cheese? Well, I wanted to do a cheese because I think cheese, you know, cheese and crackers. And, and like I said before, when you go to Italy and you get your drink, they're going to bring some food. And I think they're going to bring you cheese. And so I wanted to do something that was a little different. But I, And I love, I love the Laughing Cow. And I'm not sure, is it a French cheese? <laughs> I believe it is. I believe it is. So 
Uh-oh. I messed up. Throw that out. No, that's fine. You can have you can eat whatever you want. I mean, lemon meringue pie is not really Italian either. No. <laughs> well, there's two strikes against me. No. No strike. So the the so, cheese is very, it's very creamy. Mm-hmm. So to me, it really, it brings out some of those like deep earthy tones that are not deep earthy tones, but kind of like more earthy, herby kind of tones. What do you get out of it? So, um, I get the same thing. That cheese is definitely creamy. And so, I mean, you could spread that on your cracker just like you would butter. Or you could take your baguette or anything like that and just spread it on there. You know, have have a good good cheese on your, on your spread. And it's creamy. It's not real acidic. It's nowhere near a goat cheese. And I... You know, we had goat cheese, you know, a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, and I didn't want to do a goat cheese, but yeah. I wanted to do something like a creamy brie type cheese, and I thought this this would fit the bill. You know, I've always enjoyed Laughing Cow anyway, yeah. so it just kind of, you know, it just sounded like a good thing to do. So you like, you enjoy the pairing? I do. What about you? Do you enjoy it? Um. It's a, it gets a little bitter for me. Really? Yeah, the wine does. I mean, it kind of loses its fruity character, its fruit characteristic. Hmm. The cheese, the cheese kind of melts in your mouth. Yeah, I'm talking about. And then you put the wine with it, and you're saying the wine makes that cheese bitter? No. The cheese makes the wine bitter. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe a little bit. I don't, I don't see it that much. Well, you like bitter more than I do. Well, that's part of it, I guess. <laughs> so this uh, this winery, Tenuto Santa Maria, is uh, gorgeous. There's, it's like there's this big, you know, it's a family house. The, the father described our family's house style as elegant over power, uh, complexity rather than density. And I have to, you know, a lot of these wines, they they make several different wines out of this same vineyard. You know, like I said, they have a, a Classico DLCG. Uh, they have another Classico Reserva DLCG. You know, they, and they call that one Grape Bitter. Now, have you had this grape before? Yes, I have. W- what other time? Uh, it was on my BGG menu in Montana. We had a Suave as a by-the-glass selection. Oh, okay. What do you think of the grape itself? I mean, I like it. It's nice. It's light. It's refreshing. It's definitely... I get, you can tell that this wine, this is grown in a cooler climate. Mm-hmm. As it's not as... To me, it's not as, per, it's not as driven by the fruit. There's not a whole lot of acidity on it either. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of it just seems a little bit more like it's it's kind of along the lines to me of Pinot Grigio. Oh, okay. Or Pinot Gris. You know, it's got a it's got some flavors going on, a little bit of I guess it might be phenolic bitterness, but there's some like bitter edge to it. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's nice, it's easy to drink. But I'd rather drink the uh 
the Katar- the Katarato personally. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, why is that so? To me, it's it's more fresh, bright. It's fresh, like it's not fussy. But I can see either one of these wines going with most. Okay, maybe not a big steak, or maybe not big barbecue barbecue ribs or anything like that. But any of the softer foods, and I say softer um, foods that aren't real spicy, I think these either one of these wines. Could en- you could enjoy with any of those kinds of food. You know, there's there's a little bit of acidic in in this wine and a little bit of minerality with the wine. And then those fruits that are in there, the pear, the peach, the whatever that you're tasting, the melon, like I said, the honeydew melon, I mean, that just layers into the food. In such a good way. Yeah. It's definitely tree fruit driven. And it goes well with the, I mean, with the, the fettuccine pasta. Mm-hmm. I think lighter style sauces is, would go well with this. Vegetable dishes, roasted mm-hmm. vegetable dishes would mm-hmm. go well with this. And I don't know. It's pretty good so far. Now, did you guys drink any Suave when you were in Northern Italy? Not that I remember at all. Well, like you said, you usually don't gravitate toward no <laughs> the, the white wines in general. You know, I'm learning as I go about white wines. The uh, There's so many good ones. Well, I know there are. And, you know, I'm not to belittle them. You know, the, they just have a huge number of wines at this, at this uh, Gortano Bertini's family estate. And you look at their estate, I mean, and it looks like castle. You know, they got paintings on the wall, painting, uh, not a painting on the wall, but a painting of all over the wall. I mean, like a mural. And it's just crazy that how many hectares did I say? 17,000 or something. That's huge. I mean... For the region itself. For yeah. the region, yeah. And is it 100% Gartenek? Gartenek? The best I could tell, Josh, that's what it is. Now, I don't I don't know that for a fact, but... Ooh, that's good. Would you like... Would you... So the pie. The pie and the wine go really, really well together. I was hoping so. The pie and the wine go quite well. The... You know, the the bright, sweet acidity of the pie lifts up the wine and gives it some of that acid that I want a little bit more in the wine, personally. But it's really good. Did you cross over? Oh, I see you reaching for a Well, I was just about cannoli. to eat the rest of the cannoli. Mm-hmm. Because try, it's a cannoli. Try it with the wine. Let me know what you think. So was this place a monastery at some point? Yeah, I think so. That's what it looks like. But I couldn't find that written down anywhere. And what town is it close to? Oh. Does it say? It it did say. Close to, well, it says uh, a village of Suave. Well, yeah. That's the village. Um, What town? Hmm. Do they do other wines besides Suave? 
Do they do any like Valpicella? Because this is the same reason where you find, you know, Valpicella wines and, you know, Renazia, Amarone. Like this is kind of Amarone country. Now explain Amarone. So Amarone uh, is a red wine that is made when you take the grapes that are grown. Mm-hmm. The name is escaping me, but it'll come to me in just a minute. And you put them on these straw mats to yeah. raisinate. Yeah. And then they press them. Yes. They make a Amarone Classico Reserva. Valabacella. Valabacella. You can even read that and you already know. D-O-C-G. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this, so this is kind of the... So we're north... East of Piedmonte, here we're over toward kind of the Venice area, I believe. Kind of so Verona. their head office says it's uh, Verona, Italy. Do you know where that is? In dear Verona, where we lay our scene. Oh, okay, catch the reference. Okay, all you Romeo and Juliet fans just caught that reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Verona is a town that's up in the northeastern part of. Part of Italy, yeah, near Venice. So yeah, they and they they make a Chardonnay. Uh, they make a Merlot. So what do you? So let's kind of start to go back to the wine a little bit. What do you? What do you think of it? So, Mister Not Main Major White Wine Drinker. Okay, the perception of it is not as sweet as yours, but when I put it with the lemon meringue pot it did exactly what you did it was absolutely fantastic it was it was a really good pairing mm-hmm. well, the same thing with the fettuccine that's not that is is that italian fettuccine well fettuccine is fettuccine alfredo is technically in a, an american italian american dish exactly so well kind of kind of yeah but it went well. I mean, that sauce from the the butter and whatever went very well. I want to try that. I want to try that black pasta. And see we'll how, do it. See how that went. But I think your wine, just remembering and tasting, I think your wine goes better with the black pasta. But I'm going to have to try it. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a bowl left. I don't know why. Because <laughs> we had to switch over, and you were trying to be good. You know, I think these are both great. You know, as we're heading into the spring and kind of warmer weather, I think these are both really great wines for your repertoire. If you want to move outside of your standard Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Grigio, Chardonnay, those sorts of those sorts of grapes, you kind of want to branch out. Both of these are going to be really good options for you. Because they are on the lighter side. I mean, they're, you know, 12 and a half. They're definitely crushable. And the fruit profile, independently, they're both kind of really nice, fresh wines. And when I say fresh, I'm thinking, like, it's it's not really heavy on my palate. It kind of brightens everything up. It doesn't really feel like it's weighed down. Mm-hmm. And so for me, fresh is kind of the opposite of heavy, I guess you could say. Yeah. 
So they're both good wines to pull from your arsenal. I mean, so the the Luna Gaia is probably going to be around $25 to $30 on a shelf. So it's not a bad pull. And the Suave is just a little under 20 on the shelf. So you get an online Wednesday, it's uh, 16 or whatever. Uh, actually, hold on. That one might be less. Actually, it's going to be around 20 bucks. The, okay, they both are then. The Luna guy will be around $20, $25 okay. in the store. So easy, you know, nice pulls, you know, not too expensive, and they're good. They're really good. They're, I mean, good fresh. Cotarato, I mean, Sicilian wines are, I think, especially in our market here in Little Rock, they're very undervalued. Mm-hmm. And because they're doing really good wine. I had a great from this same producer at Nero Mascalese, Norello Mascalese, which is a red varietal. That was so good. Just light, fresh, fruity, easy drinking, but had enough backbone to hold up to to any like heavier style dish. Okay. A great barbecue wine. Oh really? Okay. Yes. Well I don't have much more, but I do have some wine left. Well, so we can start we can, talking best on plate. We can. So, best on your plate. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> the black pasta. I mean, literally, the black pasta and the lemon that was in that dish already, and the Parmigiano cheese that you put on it, and then that wine. I'm going to go ahead and say it, Josh. Made in heaven. Oh, wow. Yeah. Top marks. Yeah. And I did, by the way, try my wine with the black pasta, and it was plenty good, but not near what you was with it. Mm -mm. Very cool. I am going to say that both the pairings were top, Mm -hmm. but in very different ways. Well, the Colonia was a close second. Yeah, the the cannoli was great. The thing about the cannoli, which like kind of it, it surprised me. I honestly I did not expect it to work. I oh really? Yeah, because it's well, it was sweet, and I knew the wine wasn't going to be sweet, and I didn't really expect. I didn't ex- I didn't expect it to work. It the lemon to come out and how that 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 kind of balanced it out, and the like you everything you said about the the squidding pasta dish. And it just matched so well with the wine. This just shows you know what grows together goes together. Yeah. So you went with the black pasta. Well, I went with both. For well, you can't reasons. go both. Now come on. Well, I don't think, and that's the thing is, I don't think one was better than the other. We can't have it. Okay, we got to tie. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't think one was better than the other. They just did completely different things in very different ways. Oh, they did. So, what about best on my plate and my wine? The pie. The pie. The pie was the best. The lemon brought out something and the brought out that acidity that the wine was craving. and But the meringue part of it kept it from being too sweet, mm-hmm. which was nice. Did you by any chance try... Your wine with this lemon meringue? No, I haven't. 
I think that would have been good too. Yeah, it probably would. Well, Maybe I'm, I'll try that while you're pouring up the blind. I'm a, yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with you on this one. The poor laughing cow. I just wanted that to work, but it didn't because the that creaminess and the coating that it did, and we already described everything. And then the fettuccine went fine. Yeah, but it just wasn't best on plate. Right. So that lemon meringue surprised me for my wine and was best on plate. It did so much. It did so much. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the pie and my wine do not go together. It oh, bring, really? It, it does exactly the sweetness of the wine thing. Oh, it bittered it out. Yeah. Too sweet to, to, to your wine. That is definitely, yeah, that definitely happens. Surprising. Well, I'm running out. You're running out. I guess maybe we should do a blind. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's get it poured up. Let me get it poured up. Okay, so Dad has got back to his roots, and he has brought me a red wine to drink. So let's go ahead and go through this red wine. Like I said, this is a red wine. There is no evidence of gas or sediment in the wine. The wine is a fairly rude, fairly dark purpley color. No signs of aging in the meniscus and can't really tell anything from the tears at the moment. So the wine is clean. There's no real evidence of faults or any kind of sulfur content. It's definitely got a rich, deep kind of nose to it. Darker fruits here, so like black cherry, blackberry, almost some like, almost, not quite cassisiness, but very dark fruits here. Have you tasted it yet? No, because I'm still going through my nose. Okay. (laughs) Calm down. Well, let me let me go through uh, my process. Okay, well, I'm just <laughs> I have. If you would have listened, you would have known I had. I wasn't watching. I was yet. I was eating the last of my cannoli. <laughs> just I'm, just, I'm just sit there the... and eat your pasta. And be uh, quiet. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so there is some like there's some baking spices down there that's showing some sort of oak usage. There's also some. Light earthiness as well as some um, herbaceousness. Some kind of, it's also some sort of like stony, minerally quality to the wine. It is fresh and opening up in the glass fairly well. Ooh. Prickly. What's prickly? Something prickly on the front of my tongue. Mm. And so the acid is prickly. No. Okay. Eat pasta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, acid, I'd say, is kind of medium plus. Mm-hmm. Pretty medium bodied alcohol. Alcohol is, I'd say, kind of medium plus. So we're probably talking like 13, 13, 14 here. Tannins are, tannins are medium plus on the wine. Confirming all those darker, dark red fruits. We're talking about. Still blackberry, still dark black cherry. Fruits here are a little bit overripe on the characteristic. Still that kind of 
earth, light earthy quality. There's still a herbaceousness to the wine. Yeah, I like it. I'm starting to get pretty good bugs. Slow. But good. So the, there is, there's like a, there's a bitterness to this wine. Mm-hmm. That was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Nice earthy quality to it. Um, there's a lot of there's that deep herbaceousness. There's definitely some barrel barrel aging quality to the wine. Um, oh man, I don't know. Do you like it? I do. I do at the moment. Man, that astringency. Okay, so. Let's try and land the plane. Due to the darker color of this wine, possible grape varieties we're looking at here, I'm going to say are Merlot, Cab, Merlot, Cab, Sav, Malbec, possibly maybe Sangiovese as well. It's showing a little bit darker fruit than I would expect from a Sangiovese. Maybe Cab, maybe Cab Franc as well. But I think because the the way the fruit's presented, the alcohol being a little bit up, and even though the tannins are up, I do think this is more of a New World-style wine. So countries here are United States, Chile, Argentina, and, I mean, it could be Australian. I don't think so. It doesn't feel warm enough. I don't think it's Suraz. So what, what made you land on New World? So the, could it possibly be Old World? See, so it's an old was, so it's an old world wine. No, I I was just trying to figure <laughs> it out. I'm, so, I get so confused about old world and new world. So the the alcohol being higher, mm-hmm. the acidity being a little bit higher, makes me feel a little bit more toward the old world or toward the new world style wines. There's a lot of fruit prevalent. The astringency feels like it's out a little bit out of whack. Um, with the wine, feels maybe a little. I don't know. It it kind of it, to me it feels like a a new world wine. If it's an old world wine, it's probably like a Spanish Tempranillo or something like that. But I'm not getting enough oak for mm-hmm. for that. So with those varietals, I'm not confident in calling this a California Cab. So I'm going to call it a Chilean Cab. Cabernet from Chile, from a high-quality producer of 2000, where are we at now? 20. And come back next week, where there will be special guests on, because Dad's go wait. No, not yet, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Come back, come back next week. Dad will still be here, and it'll be a beer week. So, Dad, what are we doing as a beer week? I don't know. <laughs> what do you want to do? Let's just pick good beer. Hmm? Just pick a good beer. Let's just say good beer that you want to drink. Good beer I want to drink. Okay, yep. you better watch out. It might be an IPA. That's fine. I know what I'm. Might what be I'm, a double IPA. Uh, that's. I know what I'm. Uh, <laughs> that's what getting. you're asking for. That's what I'm getting myself into. So. That's what'll be coming next week. And remember we're out there on the socials. If you like what we're doing, please hit that 
like, subscribe, follow button on your favorite podcast platform. We'd love to see some stars and reviews to help us know what you like, what you don't like. And if you're old fashioned, acquiredtastings at gmail.com. Another great episode, Dad. A great one. And I hope you uh, try some of these wines if you find them in Italy. I will. I definitely will. And so uh, for us here at Acquired Tastings, this is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.